podcast with Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast show, St. Louis Supercross Wrap-Up. And uh, what a race it was. Those of us that were there will never, ever forget it. Um, hey, this week uh, on the show with me, we usually have David Pingree on, and we like having him on because he gives us a racer's perspective because he used to race. Right, Weege? He did? Yeah, he did. Oh. But we, Shoot, we That's why we have him on. Yeah, we've done even better. We have a guy who is actually racing this series that we talk about week in and week out. None other than BTOsports.com, BBMX rider, Jason Thomas. JT, what's up? Uh, not much. I would have probably have to clarify. I haven't really been racing the series because I haven't been in the main events lately, but okay. technically I've been on a dirt bike. After, so. Right, right. And, of course, Jason Wygant. Yeah, and we just want to explain to folks that uh, Ping is in Mammoth this weekend. Um, I didn't know that they had the motocross race in uh, April. I didn't realize that. But uh, he's not available. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. but uh, like I said, hey, we, we had a guy who used to race, and he would tell us all about the racers' mindsets. Yeah. We, we, we couldn't get Fro on, I guess. And uh, now we The have mindset a, of a champion is, I think, what you're looking for. I believe mindset so. And now we have uh, Jason Thomas, who can give us the mindset of a guy with no ACLs. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> 150 main event starts, though. 151? Uh, yeah, actually, we put it. Um, it was close to that. We've been there's been some just some uh, some arguments about that. Oh, so really? Been, Wait uh, a minute. Is it controversial. We don't know how many. Well, it's it's right around there. It's right around there. But there's been some there's been some bickering going on. Well, what kind of bickering? Bickering either, around here. Either you make it or you don't. I don't get it. Uh, yeah, well, it's uh, the exact numbers that we're talking about. Me and Chad are really close, and he's inching away from me every weekend right now. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> are you counting 125 mains? You should. No, just just oh. just big bikes. Oh, yeah. If it was a little bike too, I'd crush him. Right, right. Okay. Um, well, right on, JT. Uh, let's let's quickly uh, go through your season. Um, was going pretty well, and then you got torpedoed by uh, James Stewart in Houston. Um, Ralph did make a comment. That's privateer rider Jason Thomas on the ground, but mostly concerned with James Stewart. Um, you Since then, you've really been struggling, huh? Your knee injury uh, kind of affects you week to week? Yeah, just, uh, I, you know, it was going pretty good. I, I felt like I didn't ride all that great at some of the races before that, but uh, Houston, it was starting to come around a little bit, and... Uh, Obviously, that was just a bad deal altogether, and um, you know I didn't race at all the next weekend, and then kind of coming back, it was just like I didn't even know if I could ride, and you know now I'm at the point where I feel like I'm riding um, kind of you know back to where I was. Mm-hmm. I just you know I went probably a month where I didn't really practice more than one day a week at that, and I was you know barely riding then. So mm-hmm. I think it just kind of compounded like weeks and weeks of not practicing and I lost a little bit of the pace that I had and I'm just kind of kind of trying to fight to get that back right now yeah it's uh it's tough huh it's tough to, to lose yeah. the edge yeah it's just like an edge you know like you have to be able to ride out of your comfort zone I, I think anymore and obviously everybody's comfort zone is at different levels but right um I just feel like for me I need to practice a lot to get to be able to do that at the races and uh 
I didn't really, haven't really felt that good. Uh, you know, even in Jacksonville, I rode pretty well, but I didn't really feel like I was, you know, able to push past where I felt comfortable. And I think that's where, you know, most of the guys are at every weekend right now. Is, you know, you're seeing a lot of big crashes because of it, but just kind of the nature of the sport right now, everybody's, you know, <laughs> kind of riding over their head almost. And, uh, and we actually have you right now as you are practicing at Chad Reed's, correct? Yeah, yeah, just in between motos right now. Um, Bernard just showed up. and Wow. Why again? How's that? Uh, in between motos, taking the time. Did Ping ever do that? I, no, no, not at all. And, and I just want to explain here that JT has been screwed in this deal already because what many may not realize here in the mainstream Racer X podcast world is that the three of us, without Ping, have been doing podcasts on Mathis' site for three, four seasons now, something like that. A while, yep. Yep. And once we stepped it up to Racer X and got more attention, suddenly we were doing it with Ping instead of JT. So while he was in the trenches logging motos, yeah. Ping was raising his profile. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah. I, I think J, I think JT's strangely okay with that. I don't think yeah, that's all right. Ping, Ping was, is and has been a Racer X employee, so that's all right. Right. I can understand it. Uh, yeah, 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 you know. So uh, we got a guy doing motos as we speak. Um Let's Ooh, get let's, inside, in way inside. Yeah, he's deep. He's deep. He could actually run over probably and hadn't ch- hadn't chad the phone if we have a question during this podcast about Reed. Um, right. Uh, right. Let's get let's get to St. Louis, uh, man. I'll tell you what, I'll never forget being there. It just was such. Oh wait, I wasn't there. Uh, oh, man, uh, did you miss me? Either one of you guys, did you miss me? Personally, no. Okay. We you don't ever come hang out anyway. Yes, I do. That's not true. I had chicken and rice in, in uh, a few weeks ago. Burner's chick made it. It's delicious. Uh, well, uh, I really I hope that you um, don't miss any more races uh-huh. because I was personally sick of hearing everyone ask, hey, where's Mathis? Hey, where's Mathis? Hey, where's Mathis? Everyone cared. Like, why? That why did they feel, care that, that much? That makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. Well, I guarantee you in San Diego and Toronto when I wasn't there, no one cared. How many people wanted to beat me up, though? That was the question. How many people asking you? <laughs> wanted yeah, to yeah, it's yeah, funny. Yeah. Um, after the race, I was talking to uh, uh, Sorby, and uh, because Sorby has been going pretty big on Twitter lately, he and has I was been. responding back yep. as Racer X, and he's like, "Oh, I didn't know that you did the Twitter." He's like, "I thought Mathis was your guy," and I'm like, "No, nah, there's both of us." And then he started talking about how Mathis, man, he likes to twist. He likes to twist everything. He likes to twist, and I'm like, "Don't you call his show and go on his show yourself?" It sounds like you're a fan. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was said only because that's about his bedtime, and that's a good way to fall asleep. Ah, he twittered last night that he doesn't get laid on Mondays anymore because of the Pulp Mech show. It doesn't make any sense. No, exactly. No. No, I I've, I've I mean the thing is I've been critical of James and, and some things and, and it's definitely made James upset. I, I got a personal phone call from him a couple weeks ago. Um talk telling me how pissed he was at me. <laughs> we, we, we we ironed it out. Uh I think we ironed it out. We were good by the end and we were supposed to do a podcast on the Monday. Daddy had his off-track problem, so uh, that didn't happen, obviously. Uh, there but, was only one phone call going to be going down at that point. Yeah, when it wasn't Ouch. to me. It wasn't to yeah. me. <laughs> I hope not. I'm still going to do the podcast. Hey, man, I got one phone call from this jailhouse, and it's to you. I'm still podcast. on. Um, but, uh, uh, hey, but St. Louis, he, 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 he did it, man. He rode great. He finally broke the winless streak. And that's what I was trying to tell him is that, uh, you know, he's the focus of the attention because he never – lost this many weeks in a row and of course it's amazing and it's a story but in st louis weege sounds like he rode perfect huh 
Yeah, and it's really dangerous because I can't believe when we did the, the, the calculations after the race, suddenly said he's only down 16 points or three races to go. Mm-hmm. After all of this, right. he, he could easily pull it. It wouldn't even be a miracle at this point to pull it off. You know, the way this series has gone, 16 points in three races mm-hmm. with all these guys stealing points from each other is completely realistic, which seems unbelievable that after everything that could go wrong, going wrong for eight weeks, he wins one race and suddenly he's right back in the hunt. That is, but, that's shocking to me. But, JT, I mean, he, he's not, he can't win this. I mean, it would be a, a, he's got to jump three guys to win this thing. C- can he do it? Uh, I think if he, if he wins out, um, he's got a really good chance just because of, you know, like we just saying how crazy and, uh, unpredictable the series is. It's not, it, you know, it's just, it's so much different this year versus years past where you're like, all right, well, if James wins, you know, Ricky's going to get at worst third, maybe, you know, second or third, no uh-huh. worse than that. Chad's going to get, you know, second or third, no worse than that. So you could almost like make a mathematical equation of how it was going right, to go. And right. it's just not like that this year. I mean, you're, you're, being guys that, you know, they win one weekend, then they get six the next weekend, and then they DNF the next. You know, it's just mm-hmm. crazy like yeah. that this year. So, uh, I know for him, winning was a huge, uh, you know, yeah. huge jump this weekend. He got made up five points on on Ryan and seven on Chad, and uh, that's you know, yeah. I think he goes like that. Those guys start swapping around. You know, Bill Poto gets fourth or fifth or something crazy this weekend, and uh, I, I you stopped. got you got a finale with you know. Four, four guys that could win the title. I can see him winning out. I can see that because, you know, all the stuff that we talked about him, I just can't see him jumping three guys. But 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 maybe. I mean, I mean, if he wins out, if he wins out, I would I would say he's a favorite to, to win the championship if yeah. he wins out. Right, right, yeah, which is going to be tough with uh, Seattle Salt Lake coming up for sure. Um, it's going to be tough, but I'll say this. If you're going to – I'd say the only guy who – could win out is him. I can't see any of the other guys winning out. No. Uh, if no. anyone could do it, he, he could be the guy. So I would say yeah. that really, you yeah. roll the dice on any of those four, and the odds are pretty similar, I feel, with all four of them. you just It's so hard to say. Yeah, it's crazy that as he was getting backboarded off in Jacksonville, he made up three points yes. Uh, yes. on the lead. And yep. in Toronto, he made up one point. Or another race, he made up another point. Was it Daytona? No, obviously not. Um, I don't know. There's another race where he, you know, made up more points. And you're like, wow, he had an off night, but he just chipped away at points. <laughs> so, Yeah, I, I, think it's, uh, I think it's pretty awesome the way it's lined up. You know, obviously I think Feld has got to be head over heels with the situation because right. if you really break it down, you've got, okay, are you the, the fastest guy? And, you know, I feel comfortable saying that he's usually the fastest in practice. He usually yeah. wins the heat. Yep. He's arguably, you know, always the fastest guy in the main event. He just has a tendency to throw it away. So you've got him in the worst position out of the four. Then you've got arguably the most consistent guy ever in Supercross history, the next guy uh, in, in the line. Uh, then you've got Ryan Dungey, who has kind of been consistent all year but hasn't maybe mm-hmm. uh, thrown down that brilliant speed to win a lot of races. And then you've got the guy winning who has kind of – been up and down, crashing and winning and crashing and winning. So yeah. I think it's the perfect storm as far as points go because you've got the, the fastest guy trying to get up the most amount of points, and then 
uh, you know, the guy that's used to winning titles and, and being right in the fight, you know, in the, in the next spot behind. So right. uh, I think it lines up for the best-case scenario because if you kind of mix things up to it, just put James 16 points out front or any, any, any scenario like that, it, it's totally different dynamic, I think, for the last three years. Can we, can, we, uh, can we eliminate Kennard? He's 20 back. Is he, is he out of it? I wouldn't say eliminate. I think getting fifth this weekend was a huge blow. Um, if you put him in second or, you know, if he gets second this weekend, uh, that's, you know, that's what, seven-point jump or whatever, six-point jump, I, th- I think that's a huge difference right. than 20. It's just everything's got to go perfect for him now. You know, I don't think he's eliminated. It's just he needs he needs a lot of bad things to happen. And, and you know, I think in years past it was kind of a situation where if one guy had one bad race, oh, you're right back in it. You know, if Ricky or, or – Right. Those days, if one guy crashed out, it's yeah, out yeah. on the mud. Oh, you're right back. But now there's so many guys. It's like you need a miracle. You need everybody to mess up. So. Yeah, I mean, we used to be able to be like, okay, this race, James will only gain three points because Chad will get second. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. And that's yeah. how we used to. And we could, and you could set your clock to it. You know, set your watch to it. Yeah, that, that's um, how I think you could almost build. Like, you know, you could almost right. mathematically calculate how the series was going to go within, you know, a really, really close. Uh, you know, yeah. percentage of change. I I just don't think that's there anymore. It's so wide open. How anybody that's trying to predict, you know, week to week is fooling themselves. I think. Hey, uh, Weege, and so Canard yeah. was the fastest qualifier in St. Louis for one of the few times, but just uh, a bad start in the main event doomed him, huh? Well, I think, and we've touched on this in the show before. The gap between these guys is so close right now that. Um, those little, I know the start, obviously, is always important. It's always been important since the dawn of Supercross. But things like that are more important than ever. I mean, it's really hard to make an argument. You might put James, maybe say he's the fastest guy. But it's really hard to make an argument with any of these guys who is clearly, you know, the, you know, the, the gap is so close. So if Kennard is a little bit faster than everyone in practice, a tenth or two, it doesn't matter if he starts 15th and he's 15th on the first lap. He's not that much faster and it's hard to say who's faster between any of these guys. So, really, you start second and third. It's hard to go from third to second. You start 15th, and you're right. not getting in in the top three. It's just not going to happen. So, yeah, he, everything seemed to be rolling his way. But, man, I'm telling you, the first 10 feet out of these gates, it makes all the difference this year. And I know it always does, mm-hmm. but more so this year because these guys are so close. Yeah. here's here, if I mean, Ryan Dungey's in second. He's got to win. Chad Reed's only got one win as well. And we, we were talking about this last night on the Pulpomex show. To me, I'm not going to care who wins this title anyway, but if Dungey wins it with a win, one win, I'm going to feel like he got really lucky. But if Chad wins this championship with one win, I'll be more impressed. Is that wrong? Is that is that wrong? Because cause I just... You know, Chad's past James. He was catching Kennard when he got when he got taken out by James. We have the Atlanta race that he came back at and probably maybe should have won. Is that wrong, Weege, that I feel that way? I kind of see where you're going with that. I kind of right. see where you're going with that because I feel like there have been moments where Dungy hasn't given you everything you've wanted, where you feel like with Chad you've gotten everything he could give you uh, every time out there. You know, and sometimes mm-hmm. it didn't work out. Um, but right. with Dungy, you know, I'll say it again this weekend. Um, Stewart passed him on the, you know, about three quarters of the way through the first lap. Yep. And I thought he had every opportunity to try to square him up and run it in on him. 
in the very next turn, and then again before the finish, and then again after the finish. If you go back to the heat race, um, Tedesco actually got Stewart back. Yeah, he did. You know, and it's not like I mean Tedesco's not going to pass Stewart and hold him off for four more laps and win the heat, but he was just hey I'm going to go for it, and I feel like Dungey had a chance to go for it on the first lap. Three times there was a line he could have you know really run in on him, didn't do it. And Matt, I don't even know if you remember last week in Dallas, but there was a moment where Stewart screwed up that rhythm lane before they got to the whoops, and Dungey closed right in on him, was on the inside, and he just got on the brakes. Yeah. And you and I looked at each other and said, come on. Right, yeah. Even if you can't pass him there, run it in on him. Yeah, yeah. So I feel I, like I would ask you. What's that? I, I would ask you, though, is, is moments like that, what you're talking about, is that because everyone has seen all the mistakes that each other have been making and everyone is kind of, I can't, I can't make a mistake right now. I can't, I can't be the guy that makes a big mistake. I can't blow it right here, especially when they're running first and second, when they're right at the front like that. I think that I may like, be yeah, I agree. a factor as the series is winding down. It's okay. I'm in a great position. I can't, you know what I mean? I'm ahead of the other guys in this title. I can't throw it away right here. I can't blow it. I can't blow it because, You've seen that so many times this year, guys up front and blow it, way it, you know, crash. Like James at LA, when he was winning, he crashes. Stupid mistakes like that. So mm-hmm. you got to wonder as the series is winding down and everybody's so close, they know that one mistake like that, it could be over. A series is done with one mistake like that. So yeah. you got to wonder if that's creeping into the back of their minds right now and their decision making. I feel Dungey's played that card all year long. Like that's been his that's, thing. Yeah. Like he, it's almost as if it's like, if I just finish decent in every race, it's all going to work out. And it seriously just might. It just, it but, just might. It um, just well, might. I think I'm, you know what I mean? Like, who would have thought that a third, you know, he got third in L.A. and Villapoto came through traffic and he actually got passed twice by Stewart, blah, blah, blah. However, he got third that night. That might make all the difference in the end. So I think everyone's playing their hand, and yeah. that's the one he's going to go with. I'm not going to be the one that is on the, in a, on the ground in a heap like everyone else has been at some point, laying on top of each other. Right. But I think you're right. Somehow it leaves you wanting more where you feel with Reed like, man, he has given it everything he's had, where Dungey has been a little more calculated. And, mm-hmm. hey, just like last year, if they hand you the number one plate, probably doesn't matter, does it? Yeah. Yeah, I just feel like Reed's been more impressive. But that's just like, yeah, that could just be me. And, you know, I'm drinking Haterade for Dungey. I don't know. <laughs> um, um, but with Reed, I mean, man, he, he sounded pretty, pretty bummed out when uh, I talked to him yesterday. Uh, for the interview on Racer X Online, he he just doesn't know what happened in St. Louis. He was just off, but uh, I guess he'll take his fourth and and and, uh, and count his blessings, huh? Huh, JT? Yeah, I think honestly, uh, I don't think he was as off as as it sounds. I think right. he just didn't do one jump on the track, and that kind of took over his whole race. That that um, to me, and again, I wasn't there. I watched it on TV. Um, I can't believe he didn't do that jump. He's Chad Reed. Yeah, he's Chad I mean, Reed. it was a situation where nobody had done it all day. Uh-huh. Nobody had done it. Right. Period. Practice, heat race, nothing. Nobody had done it. And then I don't know if people were saving it. I really don't think they were saving it because they would have done it in the heat races. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, James gets to the front. The first lap he's out front, he does it. Okay? Nobody's done it yet. Yeah. Yeah. Dungy is close at that point. He sees him do it. Next lap, he pulls the trigger. Zopoto is coming the opposite direction. He sees them do it. He pulls the trigger. So it was like a, a thing where those guys felt comfortable, and nobody had done it all day, so they weren't. It wasn't like yeah. they were, you know, ready to do it. It was just 
I, one guy did it, and the other guys started doing it. And I just think that Chad, for whatever reason, didn't feel comfortable. And you I, know, they're just one of those things where skill-wise, it was you know nothing for him to do it. It was just a mental thing where he just yeah. didn't do it. And, and Trey was the same way. Trey had to know those guys were doing it. I would think you know their pit board or whatever. Yeah. And you know, I saw him line up like you wanted to do it a bunch of times, and and didn't do it either. It, so it's crazy though. I love the mental games of that. I love that. That to me would have been so fascinating to watch because um, it takes, you know, again, they can do it, but it just takes that mental skill and, and, and you're getting uh, uh, just psyched out by it. I, I love watching that or watching the guys raise their game as they're racing. You know what I mean? Because you yeah. know that's all they're thinking about that whole lap is that one triple triple, you know? Yeah. Um, but, well, it works the opposite, too, is when you don't yeah, do it yeah, yeah. and you know the guys around you are doing it, <laughs> it takes over the rest of your whole lap. Yeah. well, I mean, it, it ruins your race because you're so frustrated with one jump and you know the rest of the track, you can't do anything to make up the amount of time yeah, you're losing yeah. there. So yep. it, it yep. basically just mentally just screws up your whole race. And, 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 and I mean, but he's Chad Reed. I mean, he's Chad Reed. Why didn't well, yeah, I think that's what frustrated him more than anything is I think in years past he's shown the ability to right. mid-race change his line and adapt to what other people are doing. Mm-hmm. And I've seen him do it with James many times. James will save a section or save a jump for the main event when it counts, and he'll bust it out. And Chad has the ability to say, oh, that's what you're doing? Okay, I can do that too. Yeah. And I just don't think he – I think mentally he just didn't allow himself to do it this weekend, and I think that was the most frustrating thing for him. That is James's move, for sure. Does that all the time. Saves it. Yep. Well, I mean, he, he's got so much ability that I don't think he has to go out there and get it dialed and practice or anything. Right. And I think he can just be like, I can do that, but I don't know that these other guys are just going to – pull it out of their hat but i can so mm-hmm. let me just not do it and and make everybody think it's not doable and then i'll just yeah. kill it you know the, the second yeah. lap and he did it perfect it wasn't like he struggled with it or anything it was like he'd been yeah. doing it all day the uh, the moto gods got back at chad for not triple tripling by putting a tough block there um Weege, is there any controversy about that tough block is there any issues you know, with that uh, thing i i i think the reputation that and jt you might know otherwise but from people I talk to, usually the tough blocks, they do such a good job of getting them out of there that it seems like everyone was giving them the benefit of the doubt. Although it was there a little while. I mean, James, it was there when James went through. And then you go back to Chad, and that was what, uh, uh, thir- you know, third, fourth of the time? You know, so that Yeah, was- the, the problem was the location of it. Uh, I saw Nick Way, Nick Way got too far right and drug it out. And then the problem was is that it was kind of like two lanes over from the outside, and then it was two lanes from the start straightaway. had the finish line in that inside, lane. Right. So for a flagger to get there, there was no flagger standing within 30, 40 feet of it at least. So for him to cross in the middle of the race and get there was, you know, he's kind of like playing Frogger to get there. It wasn't like it was just on the outside lane, and he could just grab it really fast. It was a situation where he had to – literally wait, jump through traffic, cross another lane and get there and then worry about getting landed on while pulling, you know what I mean? It was it was just in a really, really bad location for, you know, a quick quick move to get it out of the way. And I mean, I, obviously I was, you know, I didn't qualify, so I was watching the race. And when Nick pulled it out, I'm like, oh, man, that's a really bad spot. It's blind. It's, mm-hmm. Somebody's going to hit that. And I see nobody move it yet. I see the leaders come through and they triple right over it. 
Like, oh, I just, I mean, I stood out of my chair and was yelling as Chad was coming up to it because it was like, like I told him, it was like a train wreck in slow motion. You yeah. knew it was going to happen, yeah. and there's literally nothing I could do about it. It's just like, I was just yelling, freaking out, because I knew, you know, I was just hoping he didn't crash and do something crazy. Um, I like the Frogger reference. Very nice. For sure. I, you know, I, I watched the flagger run out there, and I was hoping he would get there in time, but literally he right. was you know, dodging people, and he's waiting for him to come over the finish line. You see him, like, the lurch, like, he's jumping forward, like, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go, but he couldn't. And yeah. Was there a bad deal? Did he eat any flies along the way? <laughs> he might have. <laughs> uh, uh, hey, one guy we haven't talked about is the guy who has a points lead, Villapoto. Um, is he off? I, he's been off, I think, I, just judging by practice times, huh, Weech? Well, I wouldn't judge based on that because I okay. feel like there are races. I think that's always kind of been his MO. Mm-hmm. There have been races where he wasn't there in practice, but in the main he makes it happen. I think he does that as well as anybody. I think Chad does that now too, but I think that's just a little more of Chad's older. I feel like he can manufacture what he needs to manufacture when he needs it. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I'll put it this way. I think there are nights where Chad actually doesn't have it, and that's why you see that in the practice times, but he knows how to make it work anyway. Right. I feel like there are nights where Villapoto does have it. He just doesn't show it in practice, but in the race, he's suddenly there. So I wouldn't take him as, you know, fourth or fifth or sixth in practice as the indicator mm-hmm. that he's off. I think it's in the races that it's that it's he doesn't have that same edge that I feel like he had before uh, Jacksonville because I know that he had gotten a few gifts, so to speak. Yeah. Well, but at the same yeah. time, while that was happening, you could still make the argument that he was as fast, if not faster, than anyone else. I don't know if you can say that right now. Right. Um, you maybe. I know that he said there was really not much he could do on the track. He, you know, no way he could make up time on Dungey. But I feel like, you know, LA, you know, round three, four early in the year, I think he could have made time on Dungey, and now it's not happening. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe he's hurt. Maybe he's battling some injuries that we don't know about. Well, he did have so a big get off in practice. That's for sure. He did. He got tired on the back. I, I just wonder, and JT, you know this more than more than the two of us do. It's such a long season. Maybe it's not even a specific injury per se, but how much do you think the idea of you know guys have improved their bikes, or their fitness has gotten better, or their fitness has gotten worse, or they've gotten ground down? I mean, it's hard to say if he had an edge on Dungey, you know, 11 weeks ago. That could easily swing the other direction, even without a specific injury, right? Weech, Weech. I I have yeah. four Manitoba titles. So okay. I, I, I also know what it's like for the grind of a, of a season. So How many races were there in that? There's about 16, 17, similar to – Oh, perfect. Yeah. No, perfect. very much the same. I mean, and we drive into the races too. No flying. So yeah. I'm just saying. We'll Fair go with JT's perfect. answer for now, but in the future, if you're going to ask about racing, I have these titles. So You'd like to be – well, I think your advantage was you came in with a little – you weren't lean to the point of where you didn't have any reserve. I would say that was your advantage back then. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. That actually that actually leads into what I was going to bring up too is we're looking at the leanest, lightest, most in shape Ryan Villapoto we've ever seen too. Mm-hmm. Is is that having a negative effect as far as longevity and as far as the season goes? Um, right. No, I, I you know Red Dog used to always say that he felt stronger for longer when he was you know not his leanest. Just felt like he didn't wear down, and uh, you know, I don't know. You know, I, I could just be totally wrong on that. Um, right. But Ryan is, you know, you can just look at him, and he's a totally different looking person than he's ever been. Yeah. You know, is that having an adverse effect as the season wears on? Because your your body does break down all the flights and training during the week and racing, and I mean, it, it takes a toll on you. You know, I 
everybody, I think, feels it as the season wears on. So, mm-hmm. you know, is that a factor? I don't know. But he, he definitely doesn't look like the same uh, level of aggression. And, and he just looked like he was like a step above everyone at the beginning of the year, I thought. Right. And right. I'm not seeing that right now. 27 minutes in, first Tim Ferry reference, not by me, by the way. <laughs> I knew you'd love it, though. Oh, I do. I do. I just, for the record. Um, uh, Which way did you prefer, Timmy? When he's a little bit heavier or a little bit leaner? I liked, I liked when he had a little bit of meat on his bones, to be honest. <laughs> I, just thought, I just thought he filled out his, his Thor pants better that way. Um, okay, now I'm creeping myself out. Yeah, now you're too far? Um, too far, um, yeah. Happy birthday, yeah. by the way, Weege. Happy birthday. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey. What year were you born, GT? Uh, oh man, we really have to go there. Uh, All right. I was born. I was born in '79. Oh, I thought we were tied. '78. Don't feel bad. Uh, yeah, but your your job is not based on uh, age whatsoever. Yes, I say that to Wyndham all the time. He is old for a racer, and we are the same age. But I am young for a journalist. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um. Um, but, uh, no, good points about, about, uh, RV. You're right. Maybe he's feeling a little bit. I mean, I hate to tell him this, but he, I'm sure he knows he's got 12 outdoors coming up that are going to hey, be. I don't know. I mean, we could be totally wrong on right. that. Who right. knows? Right. You know, I, this isn't Alvin's first rodeo as far as training somebody. Right. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that. I'm just totally looking I mean, obviously weight could be an issue, but his trainer has obviously helped guys get through the grind before. So yeah. We could, we could just be speculating. No, we are. Well, yeah, we did. We could be wrong, I guess. We're um, definitely speculating. So I, th- I think there is some some truth to the fact that he he doesn't seem to have the the advantage that he did over everybody. Right. No. He, he looked like the best guy, and it was really hard to argue against that at the beginning beginning of the year. It, it's, right? it seemed like for sure the old quote unquote the old Ryan Villapoto could have reeled Dungeon no problem. Now I don't know if he could have reeled Stewart in, but he could have reeled Dungeon. You know, that's what I feel. Right. Yep. Yep. And 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 he and he didn't do that. So, um, yeah. I don't know. It's 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 his to lose right now. But um, he's got to be the favorite going into this weekend, right? Seattle, mud, crappy weather, hometown, all that. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. James Stewart's been dominant in Seattle in those conditions in years past, and I mean dominant. He has. There's been yeah, without a doubt, he has crushed people uh, in those conditions in years past. He has by by huge margins, absolutely. I don't remember that. I'm not saying it didn't happen, but well, you sh- there's been multiple years of it. So well, there was that one year. I do the one year. I think probably James won, but I do remember Reed's ride from dead last to to second or third. Uh, fourth, yeah, fourth, but close. Reed has had some major first turn issues at that race for some odd reason. Two yeah. or three years, yeah. it has really cost him. Uh, yeah, I, I would I would ask you to look back, uh, maybe pick up a couple copies of Bar to Bar. Uh, and Stewart and those Stewart in those conditions has been a lights out. I mean, I, I've watched him many, many times, and he just <laughs> he was. I mean, even on the two stroke, uh, the first year he rode at Seattle, he killed everybody. Then '06, the year that Ricky crashed, uh, he was gone, gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I think he's strong in that stuff. Here's my dilemma for this week in Kawasaki Supercross history, Weege. Here's my dilemma. Okay. Online okay. editor. Boss guy. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll hash it out right here. Uh, Stewart won Seattle on the same date in 05 on a two-stroke. Nice. Exactly. Nice. It works out nice. Same date, same race, everything. Yeah. However, Jeff Ward won on the same date 
back in the day, and I kind of want to do Jeff Ward. But the Stewart thing works out pretty nice. So, I don't know. What do you think? What I find most puzzling about this is that JT told you how Stewart has gone out and won in these conditions quite a bit, and you were puzzled by it, yet you've already actually analyzed this. No, well, I mean, he's in the record books, but I, I don't know about a dominant killed them ride. Oh, I like, I, I don't remember that. I, I'm not saying it didn't happen. I don't remember any dominant killed them by a mile rides that JT was talking about in Seattle. But JT's pretty, uh, pretty good historian, and he does watch Bar to Bar a lot. So perhaps <laughs> I defer to him on this. Well, yeah, it's, it's not only that, too. I remember him lapping me and being like, where did he come from? <laughs> Seriously. Like, he yeah. was riding, like, a different track than I was. Right, right, yeah. Running, like, 12, and it's, like, the fifth lap, and he goes flying by, and I'm like, I can't even believe. You know, he's right. riding the track like it's normal. Right, right, right. I think uh, seven, I remember, was pretty gnarly conditions, and I believe he won there, um, too. I think Millsap's got yep. second. That was like Millsap's first good race on a 450 because he yep. had won the lights title the year before, and then he had broken his leg. And uh, Millsap's rode well and some gnarly conditions, which are th- those types of conditions are always good for a guy like Millsap's. But Stewart, like, like we touched at the beginning of the show, his skill level is so high. You throw in a few extra you know, problems to deal with, mud, ruts, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that just makes his skill shine even more yeah I, I thought it was good to see some emotion from james this weekend that was cool i mean cool like not cool because i like to see dudes cry but <laughs> artificial or genuine genuine come on that's, that's a valid question wow i don't think it is at all i can see what i can see what's going on around the reed compound discussions um <laughs> i just asked the question yeah well believe me i know what happens when you guys are sitting around the lawn chairs um what do you think weege <laughs> You know, I I had no question about it because I, I I figured you'd have to take some serious acting lessons to bring that on. But then I came home and watched it on TV, and I was like, he managed to hit the podium interview and the TV interview almost on cue, perfectly, with the tears, um, which is not easy to do. You know what I mean? Well, like, I do wonder I do wonder about him throwing his helmet off, um, but yeah, he got rid of that sucker. Yeah, I don't. Know. I would uh, challenge. I would challenge that. You're crying shouldn't have tears. Like I, I've watched it a bunch of times, and I can't see his eyes watering. Oh, so I, I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm trust I, I me. I'm like not saying for sure that it was manufactured. I'm just raising the question. Maybe it was. I say to be that good at it, you would have to have practiced it at some point. Was it, re- was it really that good? I want to picture that happening. Was it really that good? I, it seemed genuine enough. It didn't seem like he was fake crying. It seemed like he was real crying. I didn't have a question about it. Okay. So I would love to have seen them in the garage working on this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do- your dog just He died. does do a reality TV show with no yeah. reality whatsoever to it. That is true. That's, good, that's, a, that's an excellent point. As usual, yeah. JT comes in with, a, with an excellent point. That was a good right hook right there. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, it was. Um, I don't even want to have this discussion. Um, hey, uh, um, Wyndham rode good, right? Rode well? Yeah, he yeah. did, actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he did. Yeah, he's getting closer. He's starting to get better in practice times a little bit, it looks like. And maybe he's starting to he's feel it. He had a big get-off, though. He had a big one in practice. Big, big get-off. He yeah. did? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I know you weren't there, Mathis, because your dedication to the sport is laughable. Right. But... He got off big, like in the in the rhythm, the rhythm after the whoops. It was you know really ruddy and 
the way the guys are pushing to get a good lap time now, you you know, even a mistake, you don't even check up for it. And uh, I think that's, you know, a few weeks in a row that he's had some big crashes. I, I, no, I don't think I've ever seen him crash this much, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, you're probably right. He has uh, – um, well, I had this theory that after his Houston crash, he basically took three weeks off and just sort of rode around. <laughs> and I don't blame him. Um, and he kind yeah, of, but I think he's, he was even crashing before that. San Diego, he had a big crash. Right. Uh, Houston, he had a big crash. Dallas, he had a big crash. This weekend, he had a big crash. Um, and I feel like I'm even missing some more. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. It, yeah, it, I think it, you're just, right. It's just the limit, huh? It's just the, the game has been raised. The bar has been raised, huh, JT? I just, yeah, everybody's just out of their comfort zone. <laughs> like, trust me, I'm, I'm not even doing good, and I'm, you know, I'm riding faster than I really, you know, want to at times. Right. I can't imagine the level, you know, that they're pushing at. Yeah, no, you know. it's, it's, it's a good point. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast show. It's that time. Time for a commercial. Thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com podcast show. Please don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bike or body. You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off, or Smith Piston goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped anywhere in the USA for free, or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. Check it out at BTOsports.com. Racing since 1970, O'Neill is the original American MX company supplying fine apparel, protection, and accessories for over four decades. O'Neill is proud to support top racers worldwide, including the Moto Concepts Yamaha Racing Team in the U.S. Supercross and Outdoor National Series. In 2010, O'Neill worked with top racing professionals, including Grant Langston, Tim Ferry, and Ricky Dietrich, in developing its all-new 2011 line. O'Neill's hardware line is the toughest money can buy and has been critically acclaimed for durability, fit, form, and function by Motocross Action Magazine. Hardware pants and jerseys are designed to function while putting you ahead of the pack in fast-forward fashion. When it's time to gear up, check out O'Neill.com or an authorized O'Neill dealer near you. Hey, what happened to uh, the 800 this weekend? I have no idea. Uh, like the race, he, really. Him and Burns hit each other in midair, and uh, and Mike went down. And Mike, actually, Burner had to stop and get off his bike. And oh, really? Kind of ruined both of the races. But yeah, uh, Leslie crashed pretty hard, actually. And short uh, looked like he didn't. Uh, he sort of had an off night, Luigi. Yeah, but you know that's um, that's two off ones in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, he was really making some progress. I think he was gauging himself. Those guys in that second tier, so to speak, I yep. think gauging off of each just as much as those first five guys are. Yeah. And uh, I know that he was kind of looking at, say, Wyndham as like the yardstick. Yep. And uh, for a few weeks he was there or even ahead of him. And that definitely was not the case the last two, so I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah he caught and passed him in Toronto. It was very, you know, he was very happy about that. And uh... Yeah, these last two haven't been the same. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I, I, I want to expound on that a little bit. I think... I think a track like this weekend where the traction is optimal, that I think that they're at a big disadvantage because we can actually put our power to the ground. And uh, I think when the track's a little bit slippery or looser and we're kind of babying around the track, that those guys can, you know, kind of use their bike and use the agility that they have a little bit. Like this weekend, we were, you know, we were going, coming out of the corners full noise, you know, everything we had. And I think that, that's the situation where their bike really suffers. 
Uh, we can we I've, can use all of our power. I've been telling these guys all year that that bike isn't the answer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Been you do not flip flop. No, no, I do not no. flip flop. That thing is not going to work out. <laughs> um, uh, I find uh, this hard to though, JP, because everyone who doesn't race uh, that like wants to make rules and suggestions to the sport claims that you guys detune 450s and you're all scared of riding them and there's no way in hell you can use all the horsepower they have in a supercross track. There's definitely no not any detuning going on. There's, there's not detuning going on. Trust me. You take a stock 450 and a factory 450, it, they are light years different in power-wise. I mean, our, our race 450s, everybody's race 450s are ridiculously faster than any stock 450 you're ever going to ride. So detuning is a myth. I don't I've, uh, I've read a lot of message boards and talked to a lot of people that don't race 450s on a Supercross track. Why would you argue them? Uh, yeah, you Just made saying. your point for me. Yep. But <laughs> the thing about it is, is I think when you hear that detuning talk from riders, it's, okay, they, they go to the test track and whoever's building the bike builds the fastest thing they can possibly build. This is all, you know, this is unreal. Like, it's crazy fast. Okay, well, maybe that's not ideal for us to go race on. So we move the power around and maybe, you know, you take, change the curve and you don't want all that, you know, all that top end or maximum horsepower. We want to move it a little bit more to get some more torque out of it. And I think that's more where you get the detuning talk than you, you know, than just taking a stock 450 and detuning it because that's very, very far from the truth. I feel like the detuning talk only comes from people sitting on the side of the track drinking a beer. Yeah, I've never just, heard a rider say. I've never well, heard a rider. No, what JT, what JT said is exactly, exactly what happens. You know, you move it right. around to, right. to, to suit your 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 taste, but you you may you may smooth it out a little bit, but you're still giving it peak horsepower numbers. But you're giving you're smoothing out the hit maybe a little bit. Let, let me yeah, ask I mean, you this they, one then: okay. Are you purposely not trying to make passes because you're afraid of stalling your bike? <laughs> I've also heard this from some very high-ranking officials that make Weed, serious you, you have, in this sport. I'm not kidding. Weed, you've been on this torch bearer for like three years now. <laughs> Wait, I need to hear more about this because this sounds ridiculous. I want to know more. <laughs> well, I think if you think it sounds ridiculous, I think you know all you need to know. <laughs> we, so Wait, you need to expound on this because I think you're onto some gold here. But uh, we all know that there's a uh, massive underground, you know, four strokes have ruined the sport, four strokes have ruined the racing. Uh, right. A lot of people feel that way. And I don't even know. Even the guys that race at your level might even think that it was more fun on two strokes or whatever. But I think the problems that everyone says that the four strokes have are heavily overstated. And I've even heard that one as well. Uh, now, I've gone back. You can go to YouTube. You can look at the McGrathes on two strokes. And he sure won a lot of races without having anyone challenge him. So where this, the battles suck now because they're on 450s thing comes from, I don't understand. But I've heard from the riders can't ride aggressive because they're so afraid of how fast the bikes are. They can't really do anything except just try to not crash, forget about racing and battling, to they're afraid to make passes because they're afraid of stalling, and they can't start their bike. Yeah, that's, that's silly because I, you can guys have had big get-offs this year and their bikes are even stalling, which was, yeah. and obviously I think Mathis, you even – ask questions about how they were keeping their bikes from stalling. You know, their bikes are upside down, and they pick them up and take off. Yeah, so. I, I'm still – I mean, Goose, I, I, I suspected a recluse clutch. I know from talking to the recluse guys that certain people are using it or testing them or have mm -hmm. tried them. 
Goose right. called me. Hinson called me. All all butthurt and very upset that I they indicated that. Yeah, that I suggested that and that it was a, right. that, that they just take the tip over sensor off the EFI mm-hmm. and uh, off of the Suzuki's and, and the other guys. I haven't really found too much out. It, it does seem very strange. No one is stalling them anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think to 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 say that the you know the, they're not we're not battling or riding them hard. Go watch, go watch some of these new guys. Go watch Trey Kennard ride his 450. I mean, it's unreal the things he's, that they're doing. I mean, he's turning the thing down off the face of the triples harder than anybody's ever. You know what I mean? It's just ridiculous now. I, you know, I think maybe in, right when the four strokes came out, they were, they were kind of heavy and bulky, and uh, I think you, you saw that a little bit more, but not now. I mean, guys are riding them, like, better than, you know what I mean? They're riding them more aggressively and with different technique than even the two-stroke days. So I, I don't think that there's any validity to that. I um, would say watch Reed. His pass attempt on the last lap of Atlanta is all you need to know about are these guys able to run it in on each other on 450. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just – it's two-strokes might be good for a variety of reasons, but to say that the racing is so much worse because of 450s, I don't buy it. Well, yeah, not this year. I don't I, think you could argue that. Yeah, I will say I will say that I feel like the tracks are no longer a challenge to these guys as much as they used to be on two-stroke days, you know? Um, they just Well, yeah, the jumps are easier. Right, jumps are so that. much easier and there's less mistakes made. But that doesn't mean it's hurting the racing. You know, at least not this year. Yeah. But um I had high hopes this weekend for uh the number 74 who was in the practice times, Weege, um, Austin Stroop. And aggressive. He's talented. He's always aggressive. Yeah. JT, he's talented, huh? Straight up. Oh, uh, yeah. He's, he's crazy talented. I think he – I think his – He's also crazy? Ambition, is he also ambition crazy? outrides his talent sometimes. Right. Uh, I think that gets him in trouble, but I just think he, he wants it. I mean, he's not – fear is not really an issue with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty uh, – I think he's very far on the opposite end of the spectrum for me, where I think I have the ability to go faster than I let myself many times, and I think he's the opposite. I think <laughs> I think he goes faster than his ability right. is able to, and I think he gets him in trouble. So right, uh, but that's why he that's why people want him. That's why he keeps getting you know hired in these great opportunities because if he can ever find that magic formula to turn that into consistency, he's going to be, you know, a serious threat in any class he's in. Um, let's just read some of his tweets. We did this last night again, but let's do it for the show. Uh, <laughs> Zach Osborne asks him, are you the pride of Lincolnton? He replies, very much so. I get free hot dogs at the local corner store. Um, another tweet, gotta keep the tricks guessing. Um, <laughs> what? Tricks or chicks? Tricks. Oh, tricks, okay. like... Heel, heel clickers and knack-knacks. You know, he, he doesn't want the trick to know which one is coming. And the gotcha. final one is, uh, I'm going to stay at this and see where it takes me. See, yeah, about see, time. Yeah. I would say Seattle this weekend. <laughs> I would say Seattle, Salt Lake, Vegas. God, I, I love Stroop's Top three tweets. destinations. I do like Stroop's tweets. Uh, what did he do in the main? Just uh, um, crash or a bad start? Uh, no, I mean, he just, just got a kind of average start in road, yeah. you know, kind of back there. Right, right. Nothing flashy, but just, man, I, I, the same with Ryan Bill Poto this weekend. 
I got behind some guys in the heat race and in the last chance, and I just couldn't do anything with them. They were doing the same thing I was. Right. I couldn't find anywhere to go faster. I couldn't jump anything different. The whoops were laid down. There was nothing to them. Uh, you know, so I kind of echo what Bill Cotto was saying is, you know, the traction was so good. Where, where were, was I supposed to make a lot of time up, you know? It's not like I could just get more aggressive here or jump this or, you know, find a better line in the whoops. Just everything was kind of the same. I will say uh, that I, it seemed like I picked a good one to miss. It wasn't a barn burner, huh, Weege? No, nobody fought anybody. Nobody crashed into anybody. Right. I guess, unfortunately, we were due. I just hope that's – actually, I would believe that's not a sign of things to come. I think the championship is too close. Things are too crazy. It, 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 it can't be like that again. Something's, something's coming. Yeah, 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 something's coming. Yeah. Uh, JT, what are you, in a wind tunnel? That's actually That's not me. me. Sorry. Oh, I'm outside. I prefer audio perfection. Well, I can't. So I know Alan Selk. I know. Um, let's. We haven't even touched on the lights class. Let's go there right now. Barsha. Uh, sounds like Barsha rode a great race. Uh, Twenty point lead now. Um, uh, it's definitely the Vegas final finale. Finale. The Vegas finale is going to be is going to be exciting and epic. But uh, Barsha got twenty points, so it's looking good, huh? Huh, JT? Hard to hard to say that he hasn't got it wrapped up. I mean, yeah. he's been so consistent too. It's not like he's yeah. been making mistakes, I and mean, he's got the start so dialed. And I think that's been that's been the biggest thing, the biggest separator between him and Dean Wilson right. is their start. Uh, he's just been up there every single time, and Dean hasn't. You know, I, I don't think there's I don't think there's any difference in their ability. I think Dean has proven that he can just straight up beat him at times. I just think that you know, I don't know if it's if it's bike setup or maturity or consistency or technique or what, but Barsha has consistently proven that he can be top three on the start every single time. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's got a 20-point lead to show for it now. Who'd ever thunk that uh, the guy that couldn't get a start and maybe panicked a little bit and made some mistakes is Dean Wilson and not Barsha? Barsha's the smooth, calculated one a little bit. Yeah, yeah but I don't I've know. Argued that. What's that, Weech? I've always argued that because Barsha scrubs it and revs it and runs into other dudes, I still feel like he's not been a crazy crasher. Um, I, I think that was – he wasn't a winner crash guy, I don't feel. I feel like there were some races where he just wasn't fast enough to win, right. and that's actually been the case this year. Sometimes Wilson's been able to beat him straight up, but he hasn't thrown any races away this year, but he, I don't think it's really his M.O. I know he looks like he rides wild, but yeah, I don't think it's that, as big a surprise as most people seem to. Well, we had him. Maybe on, makes me dumb. We had him on the Pulp Mech show last night, and uh, he says that this injury has helped him calm calm down a little bit because he hasn't been riding during the week for a while. Well, now he's back at it. He said, but uh, for a while there, he didn't ride at all during the week, and he feels this injury maybe helped him realize, like, hey, I don't, I don't have a shot at this guy. I haven't been riding all week. I'm not high on my confidence level, so I'm just going to take this second. You know what I mean? So that's all. Yeah, no, it could be something to that. Yeah, sure. because you know, I, speed, I thought, so. like I thought at at Indy with Sipes, he had a few chances to really run that thing in there and grab the win, and maybe the old Barsha does at least make contact, <laughs> uh, but he never did, you know. So I don't know. Uh, that lights race was strange this weekend, though, as far as um, Sipes was clearly faster at one point. Again, couldn't make it work. Right, it's kind of the same thing last week. He was he was faster, got around him. But couldn't make it work. And then there was another point where Baggett was the third fastest. Then he was going the fastest. Then he couldn't get around Sipes. It's like everybody had four or five real strong laps in them. 
But the difference was that Barsha was able to pretty much maintain his pace all the way. Well, Sykes crashed, too, so you can't, can't leave that out of the Sykes fell over uh, right after the whoops when he was right behind Barsha. So it kind of went from a 1-2 battle to he took off right in front of Baggett, and then that, you know, Sykes' focus kind of changed from catching Barsha to holding Baggett off. So Right, I but again, I would take four or five laps in. I'm like, oh, Sykes is, is going to get this. He's just a matter of time when he's going to get around him. Uh, we, it didn't, um, but it, you know that may have still happened. You know, not yeah, a situation where the race was over yet. It, you know, obviously when he fell, it was done. But right. uh, I think I think he had the pace to go with Barsha. You know, I don't think Barsha was going to ride away with him. So I think we would have seen something go down as the race progressed. Uh, funny how um, Sipes is the veteran. He's been the fastest guy almost every single practice. But as we saw in Dallas and as we saw in St. Louis, he's having trouble. Like, that's kind of like small little tip-overs and stuff. That It's unlike a veteran, let's say, uh, the stereotypical veteran. Um, maybe this is just Ryan Sipes and what you get, right, JT? Yeah, I think that's been his MO from day one is a lot of speed and a lot of talent. But I don't know if it's necessarily mental mistakes or it's just how hard he pushes to go that fast is it's just on the edge of, you know, on the edge of that tip over all the time. And I, and I don't think that this, it's been anything different this year than we've ever seen from him, honestly. Um, you know, just watching him over the years, I, he's always been a guy that I think could run the pace. It's just, you know, is he going to stay up? It's kind of like Stroop and, and that, those guys as far as uh, just to go that speed, it's, he's right on the edge of, of making a big mistake. Yeah, yeah, some good points there. Um, and then uh, my Mookie fever, I'm just about cured. I don't quite. Mookie had a big get off. Oh yeah, I saw hey, it. Mookie, hard. I saw it. Um, Did they show it on 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 the race? No. Oh, okay. But I saw. How'd you see it? I saw a team's practice film. Oh, I got you. Okay. Um, we got we got our ways, JT. Never mind. It's none of your business. <laughs> um, but what about that section that he ate ate crap on? It looks like they fixed it for the main. But man, Barsha had almost a big get off and. And uh, a couple other guys were nose into that thing. Kennard, what, what, did they fix it, JT, any better? Yeah, they, they fixed it before the the second round of 450 practice, or the last round of 450 yeah. practices. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Villapoto was right in the mix as far as people talking to him. Um, I just think it, it was dangerous. The jump was dangerous. Baggett and, and Malcolm both crashed really, really hard in the last 250 practice. Yep. And... Uh, you know, they, they fixed that before our last practice, and they fixed the, the entire rhythm section. They took out all the ruts. Um, I just think, they, I think they're very conscious of not wanting to screw up this situation they have. You know, they have, like, the perfect storm for these last three races, and right. I think they're trying to protect that and make sure nothing, you know, nothing that they can control happens to adversely affect it. Well, and, you know, and then, uh, too, St. Louis is a, is a touchy subject and jumps. Uh, That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That race last year is what, where everything went went sideways. So I right. think they were very, very uh, aware of that and very cautious as far as keeping the track as safe as possible. Weege, what do you think James meant in that interview when he kind of touched on that a little bit? Yeah, well, it was ironic, first of all, that he thought he was really exceptionally quick in that section. And then he said he was kind of bummed that they changed it. But the guy that first crashed to make them think about changing it was his own brother. <laughs> um but it was weird, and I guess if you weren't there, which you weren't, 
you didn't see that. The way it worked was he basically, what, he had to kind of like bounce off of the second jump and get over the third, but the second jump wasn't that big. And Malcolm and Bag did the same thing. They just didn't get their front wheel over, and it was bad. Um, but I know what James is saying. I guess he's saying that they're not really supposed to make changes like that, like midstream. But when you got guys <laughs> yarding themselves like that, what are you going to do? I mean, you can't just ignore it. You had two guys almost carted off right there. Yeah, I think that's, that's like I said, a situation where they saw what happened last year. And, well, you know, if that's, if that's James instead of Malcolm. And James was ridiculous through that jump. I mean, he was literally blitzing across the thing like it wasn't there. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, I just think they're, I think they're trying to protect their, their investment right now. Yeah. Uh, but, JT, yeah. in your mind, uh, a good change? A change needed? Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah. It, that jump wasn't uh, – it, it wasn't really that safe. Especially, I mean, you know, we're in practice and we're, you know, able to set up for it and, and make sure everything's good. But in a race, all that goes out the window. You're following people and you're changing your line and people are cutting you off. And I think, I think it definitely, definitely was a good move for them to do that. Uh, How tough was it to just – okay, so the first – you had a free practice and a time practice with it one way, and then you guys go out there. Is that a hard adjustment to make? Not really, because the, the jump itself was the same. They just kind of took a little bump out before it. It wasn't like it was a drastic, drastic change. Uh, the only thing I hate to see is when they change the track quite a bit like that. If you really had a great first practice, your your time is basically useless because the section was so much faster the second practice through there. Yeah, that, you know, it, it basically is like starting over. The 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 epitome of that is last year in San Diego when they just cut out a turn. Like I couldn't believe they did that. Um, was it last I think year? that's what James is speaking to. Like, in but, general, they're supposed to avoid that, and both practices are equal, so don't change a track. But I don't know if they had much choice this time. Right, right. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think I think they, they if they're going to do stuff like that, they have to be really on top of their game and do it after the the free practice. That would right. be the time to do it. You know, we already we've already been out there. And everyone knows it was dangerous. We're, people are endowing, you know, they yeah. just happened to crash in the second practice. Um, yeah, like people are having problems with it in the first, you know, free practice. I think that they just need to maybe be a little bit more uh, prepared to jump right on it after that free practice, maybe. Uh, Weege, what happened to your guy, Jason Anderson, this week? Dude, I'm going to have to give him a phone call now. I mean, he's really making me look bad. I had huge <laughs> predictions for this guy. Yeah. 20th this weekend. Just... Just not good all around. I really don't understand. <laughs> he's fighting some injuries, I think. Pretty sure, actually. Yeah, he's been beaten up a little bit this year. I, I think in general, though, I was waiting for a... You know, for example, no matter what results or where Malcolm Stewart ends up at points, definitely opened some eyes this year. Yes. Now people know this yes. guy's got some talent. Yes. <laughs> okay. That's what I expect to see from Anderson, even if it was one race or one lap or one heat. Right. But that's what I haven't seen. I mean, I, I, as a rookie, you just never know what you're going to get consistency-wise. But you know, uh, we we had uh, we had uh, Wes Williams in studio last night. Big Jason Anderson fan. Big Jason Anderson fan, and he and he was with oh, yeah. you. He was with you. He he thought he thought he would see more. He thought he would see better. Yep. And we no one knows the amateurs like Dub Dub. Yeah, yeah. Ver, Verbodo.com. Right, Verbodo.com. And I, I believe he probably effed himself with DMXS by showing up in my house. But. Um, Anyway, yeah, he, he doesn't understand it either. He he had high hopes for Jason Anderson. I don't know the guy. And he, I'm sure he's a nice guy. I'm just commenting that he's struggling. Well, I just this is 
I sum it up like this. As amateurs, he and Tomac were rivals, and I see, I actually have seen him beat Tomac more than I've seen Tomac beat him, so look at where they are right now. I know Tomac got a summer in last year, which yeah. I'm sure helped immensely. Right. But still. Who's sitting on a rocking chair right now? <laughs> Sorry, that's my gas can. Your gas can? No rocking chair. Yeah. Okay. Hey, you wanted Sorry, guys, I'm, getting, I'm getting yelled at here. I'm mid, mid-day riding here. Who's yelling at you? Uh, my crew here. Well, perhaps you tell your crew you're doing media obligations. So, <laughs> this is a BTOsports.com podcast show. Ooh, I'm still in it. Sorry. Weege can go out into freaking Hurricane Katrina, but I can't pour <laughs> gas. Um, hey, Weege, uh, Ivan Tedesco was kind of back this weekend. I was pumped for him, man, and I tried right. to give him credit after the race because I know that he's hurting, and right. it's been a rough couple of weeks. I mean, beyond just the torn ACL, which right. is bad enough. Yeah. JT will tell you. I mean, he's had a lot of crashes and a lot of bumps and bruises. Yeah. And, you know, so he's got four races. He's kind of like riding out the string. So would you really blame the guy for just, I'm going to put it in the main, I'm going to start decent, I'm going to ride my 20 laps and get out of here. But instead, he banged two hole shots, and I don't think that happens on accident. Yeah. And yeah. I told him after the race, I said, I give you credit because I think a lot of guys in your situation might just try to go low profile. And he said, no, I think every one of us, that's the mentality that we all have. Heard or not, no matter what you're going to get, you're going to always try to get the whole shot and fight through. I, I disagree. I disagree. <laughs> I believe you and I have heard other riders tell us the opposite. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I heard David Villeman tell me one time, why would I want to start, get the whole shot, and, and end up fifth when I can come from tenth and get fifth? Yeah. Everybody's pumped instead of everybody's bummed. That's exactly it. That's exactly yeah. it. And result. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. So uh, I believe Tedesco's wrong. I know he is. JT, right? He's wrong. Yeah, I, I don't uh, – man. Touchy subject because then you're questioning people's uh... – Well, you know, you're not, you don't got any name any – we're not asking you to name any names, but there's there's guys that are like, hey, I'm hurt. I'm riding around. That's it. I'm, I'm – you know. Yeah, I think I think that's true. Right. I think there's guys that this late in the season, if they're hurt, they're just they're just packing it. You know, they're just showing up, doing what they got to do, and going home. Yeah. Hey, uh, JT, is it wrong to think that we want to see more from Kyle Regal? Uh, I don't know. I I think he's he's given it everything he's got. To be honest with you, he's get he's crashing big on the weekends. <laughs> I mean, he had big two big get off to Dallas. I, I don't. I think you're getting everything he's got. Yeah, I just think, think the pace is ridiculous. And right, right. I mean, he's in there. It's just uh, you know, I think if he rode outdoors, you might see more out of him. I just think that it's tough right now. That you go through, you know, where do you think where do you think he should be finishing? And then you look at who's know. finishing there, and you're like, eh, is he better than that guy? I'm right. not so sure. Right, right. So, yeah, that's a good point. It's tough. Uh, I just expected him more in the Nick Way Blows Han range, and I don't know if he's well. There. He he's capable of doing that, but you have to stay on. You can't crash. You right. have to be. You know, you have to be in the race to finish there. Thanks, thanks, think, thanks, Gary Bailey. Thank you. <laughs> but but seriously, I mean, you look at the results. And if you're not watching him lap after lap, right. you'd be like, okay, why is he in 16th? Well, okay, I didn't see him go over the bars. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I expect more. But, yeah, he was there at one point, and his lap times are there. It's just hasn't put all the pieces together. Right. I think for some reason everyone, every one of us hack, don't know what the hell is going on. Journalists all pride themselves on picking this dark horse yeah. uh, Kyle Regal situation. Everybody said at the beginning of the year, you know who's going to shock the world? Kyle Regal's going to be top ten. Everybody, for some reason, made that prediction, and then I think it gave unrealistic expectations of how good he should do. I mean, he's seriously ridden 
like four supercrosses before this year. Yeah. And he's in the 450 class. Yeah. So I don't know why we all put those expectations that he's going to be getting like eighth every weekend in there. But once we did, now everyone's like, what's wrong with him? Uh, Hey, JT, I got a tip last week that your buddy Vince Freeze might get a talking to by the AMA. I I spoke to John Gallagher, and he offered me – John Gallagher is a great guy generally, and he said uh, no comment. So um, did anything happen? Do you know? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I had a talking with him. about me, because I was, you know, giving him an earful after the race. Right. And uh, I know he got a talking to about some of his, you know, actions on the track. So Okay. All right. So, yeah, there was uh, no, no nothing yeah, official. Yeah, there, was, just... there was definitely definitely some, you know, a, two sit-downs between myself and Gallagher and, and, and freezing Gallagher. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know, hopefully it's, hopefully it's a non-issue and it goes away and, you know, he does his thing and I do mine and, you know, whatever. That's, that's right. all I want. Right. You know, I don't, I don't want to get knocked down and be in a battle with him. I, I have a lot of other people to race and my own problems besides well, him. So. Well, without trashing the guy, he's not on the show, so we don't have – but what, what is his deal? What, what do you think? I, I don't know. I, I really don't know because I even asked Gallagher to, that, you know, if I can ask you one thing to do is ask him, you know, what his <laughs> – uh-huh. His method of, you know, just what is what's going on in his head when he makes these moves on people and, you know, is, is he, does he think that that's – you know what's expected of everyone to ride that way, or you know, like, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm not even like trying to ask in a mean way. I, right, I really am right. curious to know, you know, his just his whole way of going about it. And uh, from what I was told is that he really didn't have an answer. So I, I really don't know. I right. you know you don't see people for the most part riding that aggressively and and going for like that you know the blatant takeout that much anymore. And mm-hmm. um, you know I, you know before I really. Just you know, when I was still trying to figure it out and really cared, I was just kind of trying to tell him, you know, you're you're never going to have any longevity, and no one's going to ever take you seriously or give you opportunities. Mm-hmm. Or going around making everyone hate you all the time. Right. And uh, he didn't really seem to want to hear that, and <laughs> and you know, it just it just got to the point where I didn't care anymore. It went yeah. from you know, I don't, I don't want to try to figure it out to whatever, just you know, whatever. Um, this coming from a guy who has 150 some starts in the 450 class. So I mean, you. you well, yeah, I just. I don't know. I don't know if he just thinks that's the way it's supposed to be, or he doesn't know any different, or what. You know, I just I, I do know that you can't go around racing like that because right. the people you're racing with are very skillful at knocking you down. And if they think that you're going to hit them every time, well, you're just going to get it right back. And if you have you know 15 guys that have no mercy on you whatsoever, and you're one guy, your your odds of finishing races aren't real good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, exactly. No. Okay, I just want to get to the bottom of that thing. Um, hey, Weege, any more on uh, Wharton's surgery? Is he having it soon? Do you know? Uh, I didn't see him after this race all along. He told me that St. Louis is, is the end of the road. Oh, okay. Um, yep. And uh, although I'm, I mean, he's not riding horribly, and he says that when he gets the surgery, he won't be able to race outdoors. So you would think, I don't know, hang in there, maybe race Vegas, but I don't know how much pain he has. I'm gonna track him, right. and maybe that's not an option. But if you're gonna yeah, that's another that's another month, another month of time he's recovering. recovering to the. His issue is that it's two shoulders. He's got it both worked on, and they don't do two shoulders at once. So he's looking at six to eight weeks, and then another six to eight weeks. So that's why his his outdoor season is going to be non-existent. Yeah, which is, I mean, that's a tough situation to be in, even just you know contact time. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder if they're going to fill that spot. I wonder if they're going to look for a guy to, to fill the spot. I don't know. Yeah, um, good question. 
Uh, well, when you got you've got white, you got West Coast and East Coast guys, so I doubt they'd sell it just for Vegas. No, I mean outdoors. If he's out, I'll, oh I'll, yeah. yeah. I mean, you got to figure they have what two guys on the East waiting, and then so they'd still have three outdoor guys. I think. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that dude, uh, the dude, uh, the the Ewok guy, the short guy, the dude, uh, oh, Dakotas. Dakota. I think Dakotas would be a good. Give give him a shot. Let him ride all outdoors, right? Yeah, well, Will Hahn is is almost a is coming down to the wire here to be ready for Hangtown with some of the injuries he's had. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean maybe Hahn's back now. Dakota fills in for Wharton. That probably wouldn't be a bad way to get. Yeah, Hahn's not going to be up to speed for the. I think deal. he's just looking to be able to make it. Yeah, um, get off the gate. JT, are you doing the USGP? Uh, I don't even. There's a USGP. Okay, all right. Called <laughs> <laughs> that? Where are we talking here? <laughs> Uh, Glenn Helen. No, I'm, I'm, I won't be there. I don't <laughs> think I'll ever race Glenn Helen again. To be honest with you. <laughs> and, that, and even that will be even the vet world titles when you're 40, 45. No, I def, I have Dubok would beat me when he's 75 years old at that track. <laughs> uh, all right, cool. Let's uh, let's wrap this up. Any last thoughts, uh, Wygant? What what, do we, what anything else you uh, want to say? Anything? Speak now, forever. Hold your peace. I'm out here in the yard, picking weeds, not smoking them. <laughs> How was your visit to the JGR shop? How was it? Man, and once again, your name continues to be brought up. Wherever you aren't, <laughs> people like to talk about it. I don't know what, the, yeah. what you got going on. I, don't think I go that's, there. That's not a good they thing. They tell me if you come in on Monday, we serve lunch and you're invited. So yep. you know me, free meal, I'm on it. Right. And then I sit down and they're like, you have to tell Mathis that you got free lunch on us. You have to tell him. <laughs> Because they know that how how much that would bother you that you're missing this. Oh god! Every week, yeah. baby. Yeah. Uh, and then even better, Millsap showed up. Well, actually, it was funny. One of the two riders was there early. I, I'll I take a guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I said, "Where's the other guy?" And J Bone said, "Haven't seen him." But he did show up. He did eventually show up. But he missed lunch. That's not working out, by the way. In case anybody's wondering. <laughs> you think? That's not working out. There, that. Could change at some point. That's all I'm saying. Well, actually, that's more information than I have. Really? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> I was there, and I was told things I'm not supposed to tell, but they didn't even get into that. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, wow. But it was fun? Yeah, absolutely. It really is a good group of guys. And what's cool about that team is uh, they, if you look at the guys they have involved with the team, like they've picked – Pretty good ex- amount of experienced hands, but guys from different areas. You know, you've got Lukowski who worked for Preston at Factory Connection, and uh, Dean Baker who worked at you know Yamaha Troy, and and Jay Bone who worked at Kawasaki. I mean, they they pick some experienced guys. Yep. So that helps. They've got good stories to tell. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Coy's a good guy too. I like Coy Gibbs. Yeah. Love me yeah. some Coy Gibbs. Um, good food too, man. You missed out. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, Right on. Well, I'm glad you're getting in with those guys, and uh, maybe Brayton does need a massage on his back. So yeah, he was he was limping around pretty bad. I was very difficult to is this control myself. He was sitting right next to me, and his back was hurting, and I was like, man, I can do this right now. Is there structurally out. something wrong with him? Like, is he going to line up in Seattle, or is this really something? That- uh, they because we were talking about whatever injuries, you know, what was, for example, what was wrong with Malcolm Stewart? How, what was the specific injury? And it's just generally beat up after that crash. Yeah. And Brayton's pretty much the same way. Right. Um, he came out. He rode a few laps in practice, doing it for the hometown fans there in the Midwest. Yeah. I wish you could have seen the JGR pits. There were at least twenty people with Brayton Ten uh, shirts on. It was awesome. Wow. 
Wow, who knew? Oh, yeah. <laughs> who knew? Yeah, it's closest to Iowa. I guess that's why. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, JT, anything, any last words? Any? Uh, no, just uh, pretty excited just as a fan. I mean, obviously I'm going to be competing against these guys, but as a fan I'm excited for these last three, I think. Not since 06 has there been, you know, this level of, uh, you know, uncertainty or, you know, possibilities right. for who's going to be walk away with this championship. So, yeah. good time to be a fan, a good time to be, you know, time to be associated so, with the sport. Are you missing the mains on purpose to watch the mains so you can watch them? <laughs> no, no, I I, uh, I have TiVo for that. Trust me, I'll, I'll be in the main if I can get it in there. Are you doing the outdoors, JT? Yeah, the, the plan is right now, if, if for some reason – uh, my knee just—I just can't do it when I'm testing, or I just don't think that I'm going to be competitive because of my knee. Then I'm going to get surgery. But yeah. as of right now, the plan is to do it. All right. So the team will just go show up with Burner. Yeah, I don't—I don't know. We haven't really crossed our bridge yet, but you know, right. Burner definitely will be there, and hopefully, me too. Yeah, and that's so. the plan. I hope so too. I'm planning on being there. All right. Yeah. See. And outdoors without Jason Thomas is not an outdoors that I want to yeah. go to. We've been there. Me neither. I, I don't really know if that's there. possible, but me neither. <laughs> We've been there without JT all summer. Been don't, there without JT all year. Don't like it. Um, yeah. JT did see there was one incident. When I went over to the AMA truck at the end of the race, talked to Gallagher and those guys, and we were discussing how it was not nearly as dramatic a night as we've had the last couple of weeks. But they did say that there was a hard pass. Fabian Iswab blown off the track by Bobby Canari, which I watched that. Yeah. happened for no reason. It. Did you see that? I saw it. Was it yeah. back? Well, there was some there was some back and forth bumping going on. I would assume I don't see Kanari just doing it for no good reason. Yeah, they they were going back and forth with it, and uh, I think Bob. <laughs> you just have to know Bobby, but I, I think he was just over the guy. <laughs> I, think, I think he's got the Kenny Watson mentality on that issue, and uh, I just think, oh, you're going to bump me. All right, see ya. I and don't. I, I don't maybe, like people from Europe. Maybe some nine eleven. There was some nine eleven action there. <laughs> I, I don't. Wow. Know. <laughs> oh. Those I damn. Didn't realize what the motivation. Hey, was. those damn French in the nine eleven. They're involved in exactly. Nine eleven. Exactly. Yep. Um, Canari uh, is one of the nicest guys uh, off the track, but he, yeah, he, you know, he can be aggressive. No doubt about well, it. Well, there was no doubt that was intentional. <laughs> I need to. No, no, yeah, that's now, what everyone's saying. Yeah. Now yeah, I want to. You might as well have hit him with a with a. A chair, a lawn chair, out of the crowd. I mean, it was that that intentional, that that bad. Um, and it's like, hey, Canari, uh, we were thinking about you for this spot for the ride, but uh, yeah, no, definitely not anymore. <laughs> um, was it classic? He was hit with a fly swatter and then got revenge with a shotgun. Was it one of those? Uh, yeah. I just think, I just think it was like, uh, yeah, you're really, you're not going to really do that to me. I'm not really sure who you think I am, but uh, hello, welcome, welcome to St. Louis. Uh, if, you, if you ever want to have a little laugh, go ask Iswar all about Purcell. Good times there, I'll tell you. Not, not, not a lot of love lost. Uh, yeah, they go, they go way back. They're good buddies. Yeah, for sure. Friends forever. We're right on. Hey, thank you for coming on, JT. Coming out of the bullpen strong. Maybe, uh, maybe we show Ping a lesson and maybe put him back on the bench next week. Well, I guess. Bring it. I'm here. I'm here every week. Maybe, uh, maybe Ping stays in Mammoth. Yeah, perhaps. Um. Right on. Well, thank you for doing it, Jason Thomas. We appreciate you coming on and offering your insight. And uh, Weege, as always, thank you. And uh, why again? Are we getting this up today? Yeah, let's do it. The boss. Every, the boss. I mean, the come boss. on, it's Tuesday. The race is over for three days. Let's make it happen. The boss has spoken. I'm the I'm the online editor. Get it done. 
BTOsports.com, RacerX Podcast Show. This has been it. Thanks, guys. All right, man. See ya. See ya. See ya. This has been the BTOsports.com Podcast Show, brought to you by RacerX. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as... The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race... I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven time, Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I had pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX on the iTunes Store to enjoy these and many more great podcasts. I won't let